appreciate all of you who were able to be here last week. I know my father stretched you a little bit. He was <laughs> stretching. And, uh, we are thankful for um, them and uh, being with us and just celebrated his <clears throat> 87th birthday of this past week or so and um, we're glad they've been here and doing well and uh, we are honored to be in church to this week. I know there are places where we still cannot and we're doing our best to maintain appropriate social distancing and follow all of the protocols and some have uh, have masks on in here and that's fine some wear them into church take them off that's fine our seating is separated so that <clears throat> there is adequate space we have folks in the balcony as well and uh, in our overflow and we're thankful that uh, we can spread out and yet be together for in this hour. I know it is um, amazing to uh, see where we are in terms of, uh, you know, the world and our society and, uh, of course, uh, going into stores, et cetera, et cetera, and all of that with masks. But, I uh, see some folks that we haven't seen in a while, Steve and Brooke and the Hutchisons and Sister Jackson and others, and uh, we're thankful that you're with us today in, in the house of the Lord. And um, so we're thankful that all of you are here, and I have was in Connecticut and met with, of course, uh, the ministers there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, and uh, we got on a plane Sunday night and came back and and uh, trying to strengthen and encourage them. I know uh, one of them just moved into a new church in January and then had to shut down and now they're only allowed 50 people to come and it's uh, of course uh, feels like it's stopping the momentum and there's stress and pressure and I know everybody is feeling some of that same stress and pressure, but we are still uh, growing apostolic legacy, and we still have a great history, and this is, none of this has caught the Lord off uh, guard, or he's not worried and concerned and saying what's going on. So we realize that the Lord is up to something and doing something, and he is not out of control yet. And yet, I noticed, and I will be candid with you, when we got off the plane uh, flying, and it was a miracle that we could go to Connecticut. In fact, the district superintendent uh, has been calling me for the last several months about these dates, and we had uh, finally kind of agreed that we would uh, do it 
um, uh, Zoom or online and uh, we would just do a live Zoom and broadcast or uh, we would uh, pre-record and it seemed like the Lord made a way, a transition if you will, that opened the door. Uh, uh, Ohio was on a um, mandatory quarantine list for Connecticut. Uh, it's on that in Massachusetts still. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, their church is just is north of Hartford and it's up in the corner a mile from Massachusetts, a mile from Rhode Island, but it's in Connecticut. And um, we uh, were uh, going and, and, and we, it was going to be mandatory 14 days, which would necessitate that we could not go and be in their service. And they have to register for service. Only so many are allowed in the building and all of those kinds of things. And so they had made this for the ministers, the pastors and, and the ministers um, uh, the Friday night and then Saturday and then Sunday morning. Sunday night was there at the local church and they had to go to multiple services anyway it was just kind of all chaotic and on Monday before the meeting was on Friday they took Ohio off of the mandatory quarantine list so he calls me on Monday and says well you can come and so okay so he got us a room but the room was in Massachusetts and Massachusetts said if he comes into Massachusetts he's got a quarantine here for 14 days so they found a bed and breakfast it was because they didn't have a motel in their town it was in the next town and so they found a bread and bed and breakfast they no one they'd ever put anybody there so my wife and I walked into that met the man invited them to church they came on Saturday night and felt the presence of the Holy Ghost and the touch of God so you know what the Lord is still doing great things and we have cards and we have bags and we have things that you can give to people and water and encourage them to come to our revival services, encourage them to come to the house of the Lord. And I hope you will avail yourself of that because I believe that as long as the church is here, there's still somebody else that needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost and feel the touch of what we have. Amen. And I know our society is overwhelmed. Good to have Brother Galoni. He had been uh, <clears throat> kind of uh, uh, sick the past several days. And I know Sister Spirte's daughter uh, has COVID, but she's in a nursing home in the northern part of the state. Sister Spirte hasn't been to see her in over a year. And Joanne, they tested when she went into the hospital. They thought she had COVID, but she came back negative. And so... You know, the Lord has been good to us, and I know Brother Bill went through, and I'm sure had to do all the testing and all these things, but I feel like, and um, I was talking to Brother Hansen, who, of course, was there in the northern part of Connecticut, and um, he was talking about this lake, and it's got this unbelievably long name. It's by the town they're living and it's the longest name in, in America, I guess. I, you'd have to look it up. It's like, 
40 letters of the alphabet. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and it was a, a lake there, uh, just a little spring-fed lake where the Indians, Native Americans had gathered and, and they had prayed around this and asked God to <clears throat> touch and move and, and uh, he had written a little book about it. But <clears throat> I was uh, thinking about all these Things And as I said, when I got off the plane, it was the first time we landed in Connecticut, but it was the first time I had met the official COVID police. And, and they, they exist, folks, and they check you and they want to know uh, what state are you from. If you are uh, from one of the green states, uh, you were allowed to pass. If you were from a red state, uh, which Ohio had been red up until this past week, well then they take your temperature, they make you fill out a form of where you're staying, and they uh, talk to you about the fine you will receive if you uh, break quarantine, if you don't go directly from there airport uh, directly to wherever it is and they go through all of that. And I, I was a, a little taken aback by that. I had not seen that before. And I just, I saw people as we got off uh, and, and, and some were, I didn't know this, and they were panicking and, and some were, you know, uh, having a, a bad reaction and I could just, you could feel the tension in the air and, and fortunately I was from a green state and so they let me pass and uh, uh, my wife and then, <clears throat> you know, we went and got our bags and it was all done. But there was just this sense of uh, a stronghold, if you will, just a, a pressure. Now maybe you've not felt any of that and maybe you've not seen that kind of stressors in your life, but it's, um, uh, I thought of, you know, uh, some sort of a fortress or something that's on a hill, and, and I've been studying in Ephesians, and I, I, I know Ephesians basically talks about this sense of uh, what the Sunday school was singing about, the armor of God. And it uses, before it begins to talk about the armor, Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the 11th verse says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the tricks of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of the world, of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness trying to establish strongholds in our mind and in our heart and in our, of course, nation, in our world. And that's what we're feeling, folks. We're feeling that pressure of spiritual wickedness. Now, what are you saying? Is COVID-19 wicked? Well, sure, because I would say all disease is wicked. But at the same time, I'm not blaming, well, you know, this came directly from the devil. I know the Lord allowed all of this to happen, but it, what I do know is that the enemy is trying to do it and to use whatever he can to establish strongholds and spiritual wickedness, if you will. Now, 
He goes on to say, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, done all to stand. And so what you have is that sense of, and it talks about rulers of the darkness of this world. And we realize that people that are in darkness can't see how they're being dominated by spiritual wickedness. You know, the world doesn't go, oh, look at the enemy behind all of this. You know, they want to blame somebody. Well, we'll blame the Chinese, or we'll blame Trump, or we'll blame Biden, or we'll blame the Democrats, or we'll blame somebody for what's happening. We'll blame somebody. They don't realize the spiritual overtone or undertone or whatever tone you want to say that's going on in what we're feeling in this world and society. The 12th verse specifically, if you were to sort of break that down and look up the meaning of the words, and I didn't put all the Greek there, and I tried to do my best to rewrite it a little bit, and I, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a Greek scholar. I, I use blueletterbible.com uh, or or I get my strongs out or, or I get, you know, a word study out to look these up. So I, I, I don't, you know, profess to be a Greek scholar. But it, where it reads, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places could almost be said as we wrestle not against persons with bodies. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. And I know, you know, I don't like this, and I don't like you, and I don't like you, and I really don't like you, and I'm going to fight you, and I'm going to protest you and get mad at you. And That's not our real enemy, folks. And as a church, I understand a lot of wonderful causes, but our enemy is not persons with bodies. It's not people. Here's what it said, but against spiritual rulers with authority, various authorities. The powers there meant sort of hierarchical authority, like you have a president and you have a governor, you have senators, you have state rep representatives, you have mayors, you have sheriffs, you have deputies. So he's, whenever it's said against principalities and powers, the word powers there were various authorities. And rulers actually means dominators of darkness. Trying to incite my human spirit to perversity and trying to build a stronghold in my life. That's what's going on in our world today. There is spiritual forces that are trying to incite me to allow a stronghold in my life. And what I'm basically going to do in just a few minutes, and we're, we'll finish it tonight, and I know we could spend hours and hours and weeks in Bible studies on this, is that I want to show you what I hope for the next 14 days, next 14 days, not this coming Sunday, but the next Sunday, this coming Sunday is Labor Day, 
The next Sunday will be revival with Brother Easter. We have revival with Brother Azzalini going on this Wednesday and next Wednesday. But I am praying that as a church, we will focus our attention not on all people with bodies, not allow my attention to focus on humans, not allow my attention to focus on issues, but that as a church we will begin to bombard heaven and pray and say, Lord, bring down every stronghold, bring down every high place that will come against people that need to get the Holy Ghost, that need to be set free, that need to be delivered, that need to be healed, that need to be changed. We're going to focus our attention on what's the most important thing. What's going on in the spirit world? You see, when you look in the Old Testament, Zechariah prophesied and he said, he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. What are you saying? What I'm trying to explain to you is that the devil is a dominator. He is a resistor. <laughs> Revelation 12 calls him an accuser of the brethren. He's a manipulator. He's a thief. He's a murderer. He's a destroyer. He's an intimidator. And that spirit is everywhere. Amen. And it seems like it's just raining prolifically in this hour. What are you saying? And you say, well, you know, when, when someone tries to dominate your time, dominate your life, tries to manipulate, try, you know, resist all help, resist all authority, act, you know, an accuser, a manipulator, a thief, to kill, kill, destroy, intimidate, I can bring you scriptures for all of that. We know what spirit that is. And that's the spirit that we're feeling and experiencing. And it's not, I, I understand. I want to be, I, I want to be cautious. And this is not about saying, okay, wear a mask. And I understand, but we see our world. There was someone that was just murdered last night in Portland in a, in a, in a demonstration. Whether, I don't know if it was a right winger that tried, was mad at those that were marching and, and took a gun. But, but you see this domination. You're you're not going to tell me and you're not going to tell me and you're not going to force me and you're not going to force me and I'm Amen. huh yes. and I'm not going to take it and I'm not going to listen and we see that spirit rising in our society and it should as the church make us recognize that we have to engage in some spiritual warfare and I know we talk about that and you may say, well, I don't want to put on the whole armor of God and I'm not interested in doing all of that. Well, let me just tell you, whether or not you're interested in it or not, it's here. Yes. The battle is here. Yes. It's being waged everywhere we go. And I, I understand it. I, I'm in the same dilemma. I hear, why, you know, do we have Sunday school? Do we start it back? Do we go? School started. They're uh, leaving it over. I, 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 you're, you're in this quandary of not knowing and not understanding. Paul told him in Corinthians, he said that we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having all readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That's what we're supposed to be battling. And I realize that in this hour it can feel like an overwhelming battle. And it gets in your mind and, and I understand I you know and and, I, and my mind doesn't shut off and, and I can lay awake and I can think and well what's this and what are we going to do about that and what's going on and how are we going to anybody been there casting down imaginations every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What are you saying? I'm saying just for the next 14 days, if we could quarantine ourselves and say, Lord, we want to attack every thought. I understand. I need to listen to Brother Rush and Brother Hannity and, and all of them, and I got it. I need to listen to, you know, Sister Rachel Maddox or whoever you listen to on the other side, whatever. I understand it. But I'm just simply telling you, at some point, we've got to take the battle to the enemy. I want you to know the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It's time for us to recognize we're in warfare. And I, you say, well, is it serious? Of course it's serious. I, even just the fact of what is coming, I... Daniel was told, remember, when, and you read it in the 10th chapter, whenever the angel came to Daniel and said, fear not. Listen, from the very first day I heard you pray, back in March, back in whenever, we, we knew what was going on. And we sent an angel, and he's been in battle. With the, and he called it the, the kingdom, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, which we know to be that of, of spiritual wickedness. And, and at that time, uh, they were in captivity to the Persian Empire. And you read on down in that same chapter, and the Lord talks to him, and the angel says, not only do I have to fight with the prince of Persia, but I'm fixing to have to fight with the prince of Grecia. And the Greek empire had not even conquered, was not even in existence. But the angel told Daniel, I know what's coming. And I've been fighting what's coming. What are you saying? I'm saying, you know, I know what's bad, but let me tell you, it's going to get worse before the kingdom of the Lord is, comes. And you say, well, you know, and yet what we have is strongholds that are being established, you know, national rulers, if you will, or princes and feelings. And I, I've read and I was listening to Brother Hansen as he talked about the spirits that, that they had battled that came from some of the Native American tribes. And 
I've read books where it talks about how America was, you know, broke off from England and had an independent spirit and that there is a, a demon or a stronghold of independence that grips America and you know we're cowboys and we, we are the only nation that talks about carrying guns and all of that and people in Australia will come up and ask you they'll say I don't get that how come Americans are so independent and so interested in holding their guns and, uh, and then you know you ask them and they're proud because they can trace their heritage back to some crook that got thrown out of England. And then, you know, because they were a penal colony when they started, it was nothing but a prison ward. And, you know, and so they're proud of being, you know, lawless themselves. And they have a spirit and then, you know, you, you can talk about West Indians and they maybe got into voodoo and spiritualism and you, you can talk about in, in, a, in a particular town or in a particular tribe or ethnicity. Well, you know, there's a spirit of poverty or a spirit of, of anger or frustration. And I realize that, you know, there, there are folks that, you know, it's like uh, these spirits are almost grip them within an organization and we're we're going to fight within a family. I, I've seen it within a family where there's a spirit of addiction or there's a spirit of, of you know, of, of anger or frustration. A lot of different strongholds that get built into a family. You know? And in and, and a particular area. And someone, not long after I came to Newark, they said, well, you know, you got to remember Newark was a rough town. It was a river town. They said, there's a spirit here. Well, guess what? There's a spirit everywhere. Amen. And there are strongholds that are ready to be built everywhere. Yes. And I understand. You can say, well, it's all you Americans that are independent and those that are watching, you know, from another country. You can put it all off on America. But I want to tell you something. It's the prince and power of the air that is doing everything he can to build a stronghold in people's heart and mind so that they will not lose. They will not keep their focus on worshiping and praising and magnifying God. Why Romans says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You see, what I'm saying is, I realize that we are in a spiritual fight, and I realize, and I tonight I may talk about a lot of the different strongholds, and Robeson, I don't know, some of you may have seen, he wrote a book many years ago, The Strong Man, or whatever it was, and went through it. My dad has preached and taught and talked about spirits and spirit of lying and perversity and spirits that will get a hold and build a stronghold in people. And I understand it's real. I'm not, I'm not denying it. But what I'm saying to you is, in this hour, the enemy is trying to build a stronghold in everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Tim is here and he will tell you, you know, it's one thing. You battle a disease and it's a disease and it's serious and it's tough. 
But there comes a time when all of a sudden it becomes spiritual. And you feel it trying to attack your spirit. You know what I'm talking about? And it's trying to cause you to lose hope, lose track of God, lose track of how God is able. And you say, did you lose God? No, but the enemy's trying to build a stronghold in my mind and in my heart. And, and I want you to understand the devil's good at this. He's been doing it a long time. In fact, you go back and you look in Daniel, a story that these children all can tell you about the three Hebrew boys, you know, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And you remember the story? And, and we talk about the story and we know they didn't bend, they didn't bow, and they didn't burn. And it's a wonderful story. And I, I love it. And I got it. And I understand what's going on with it. And yet what you look at and you realize is that when you read that story in Daniel the third chapter, the king makes a decree that everybody is going to bow down to his image or he's going to throw them in the fire. Okay? It's going to be serious. You're going to die. And they played the music and then a tattletale came. A spirit got a hold of some folks that didn't like the Jews. And they tattled on Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And they said, you know, we, we don't really care. It's not really up to us, but we don't care. You realize, though, they didn't bow. And you remember what Nebuchadnezzar did? He got livid. Rage and fury. He, they said, he is not, they have not regarded you. And so he went nuts. And he calls them in. Now, is this intimidation? Stand right up here, the three of you, in front of all these people that bowed. Now, do you realize what you did? Are you going to bow? If you don't obey me, I'm going to do you in. Now, does that feel intimidating to you? In front of all your friends, you're not going to bow? I'm going to embarrass the fire right out of you right now. Huh? You ever walk down the road, way in a Walmart aisle? Somebody look at you? You just feel intimidated. You got to be careful because that'll build a stronghold. No one's telling me what to do. Huh? have any authority over me. This is all stupid anyway and I hate all of you. You get where I'm coming from? They felt intimidated and they answered him very humbly. They said, King, we don't know. It may may burn us up. We don't know what God's going to do but we will not bow down to your God. Sorry, we won't do it. We just won't bow. And Nebuchadnezzar said, well, that's good. I appreciate you standing for your principles. And 
you're welcome to have your ideas and we're all going to get along together. We're going to just be inclusive and let's just have one big group hug right now, okay? If you don't do what I say, now you know what he says. Guys, make it seven times hotter. Uh, uh, explain that intimidation to me. Because I'm going to kill you not with just one bullet, I'm going to shoot you with seven bullets. I'm going to cut your head off not once, but I'm going to cut it off seven times. I'm going to break the... What good is it doing to make the fire seven times hotter until the flames are just leaping out of the pit? It's called intimidation. It's called domination. It's called fear. It's called anger, rage. Huh? Then I'm going to have them bind you. That's important. Tie you up before I throw you in the fire. Now, how do you like that one? Look at what I'm doing to try to intimidate and fear and scare. It was so hot that the people that tried to throw them in were killed by the flames. You know the story. I don't have to tell it to you. King gets up and looks. And he's like, oh my Lord, there's four in there. Those three Hebrew boys are walking around and the fourth likened to the Son of God. Oh, is walking with them. What are you saying? I, I, I want you to understand that whenever the enemy is doing a lot of what's going on that we feel right now is that intimidation and that fear and that anger. And I, I'm not telling you not to be cautious. I, I want you to wear a mask, but don't let the spirit of fear and anger and frustration build a stronghold in your mind and in your heart. I, the Holy Ghost is wanting to pull down every stronghold, every feeling, and the dominant of darkness is trying to make decrees. That's why whenever Simon wrote, he said, be sober, be vigilant, be, be cautious, be aware. Your adversary like the devil is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And then the next words out of his mouth was resist. resist. Now you tell me, I'm going to resist a lion? You know, there was a guy this past week that raised two white lions from cubs and they ate him up. <laughs> he said they were just playing. I mean, somebody told him they were just playing. Well, you know, great. There was something, about, you know, you play with lions, you get ate up. <laughs> but Simon says, whom resist? What are you saying? I'm not going to let that stronghold get built in my mind, in my heart. Oh, why? Because if God be for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. When you look in the Old Testament over and over again, you will see that they did not tear down the high places. 
Even Solomon, when you read over and over, people would do good, but they wouldn't get rid of the high places. Solomon, the congregation, went to a high place that was in Gibeon and the tabernacle of the congregation of God which Moses had made in the wilderness. And what's ironic about that was the Lord had told him in Deuteronomy, don't worship God in the high places where the Canaanites have worshipped. But they kept on. They kept on. Well, I've got a cause. I've got something that's important. I need to make sure everybody knows that I, I'm fighting this fight and I'm fighting that fight and this is my battle. I want to tell you, my battle is not with persons of bodies, but my battle is in the spirit realm. What are you saying? David would not worship in the high place. He brought the ark and you remember how he did that? He did it with worship and praise and dancing and rejoicing. And what, what Paul, what they said, what James, said whenever the church was wrapping up and they were allowing Gentiles in and I'm, I'm stopping this is my last slide but they, they came together and they said they held their peace and James said men and brethren listen to me God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name and to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written after this I will return and build again the tabernacle of David which has fallen down I will build again the ruins thereof and I will set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom that name is called the Lord who doeth all these things. What are you saying? Listen to me. We need to get through and rid of our strongholds. I, I don't care I, you know, I know I'm for a cause. I'm for a fight. I want an, I want a, I want this. I want right now for the next 14 days. I want to get into the presence of Almighty God. That's more important than anything else. It's more important that I start my day out worshiping. It's more important that I read an extra verse that I get a hold of God. Why? I'm I'm determined to pull down strongholds. Anything you say, well, I, I, you know, anything. I'm, I'm American. I am. I'm. I'm in Ohio. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight. Fight spiritually in this hour. You say, well, what are you saying? Those are not good causes. No, I, I understand every cause. I understand all can be valid. But the greatest cause that we're fighting right now is a spiritual cause. Lord, we're ready for you to come. We want to pull down anything that will stop the move of God. Oh, I understand. And, and we've prayer walked and Brother Rogers, will, you know, and we've prayed against spirits and we've prayed against principalities and I understand that. Right now, what are we doing? We're saying, God, pull them down so that your word, your presence, your spirit has free reign. You say, well, What are you talking about? We, we can go through them. 
spirits of fear, spirits of anxiety, spirits of abuse, addiction. They're running rampant. What are you doing? Spirit of, the Bible talks about a spirit of infirmity or disease. What does that mean? Every disease is from the devil? No, but the devil will use anything to attack your spirit. Fear, concern, worry. Oh, I'm just, I'm just anxious. I'm just worried. I'm just laser focusing for the next 14 days. I'm going to ask God to pull down every stronghold that the enemy would like to build in my life, in my mind, in my heart. Why? Because greater is he that is in us. Oh, King, I don't hesitate to answer you this. I don't know what God's going to do with COVID. But one thing I do know is my God.